in John 13 this morning, verses 1 through 11. Remember as we read this God's word. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him, given all things into his hand, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from supper, and laid aside his garment, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part of me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then not wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He was bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely but is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew the one who was betrayed. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. And again, that is God's word. Pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this record of this event and the life of our Savior and the life of his disciples and in the life especially of Peter. And I pray this morning as we look at it together that you would speak to it by your Holy Spirit you would use it as a means of grace in our lives, that you would open our hearts, Father, to receive it, and our grace, give us grace to apply it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we've seen uh, Peter in a lot of different situations with Jesus, haven't we? For example, we've, we've seen him walking on the water with Jesus. Uh, we've seen him making a very profound statement of faith about Jesus. We've seen him taking him aside and rebuking Jesus. Uh, we've seen him witness the transfiguration of Jesus. Uh, we've, we've seen him show complete dependence upon Jesus. And, and we last week saw him asking an important question about forgiveness of Jesus. Again, again Peter was one of the inner circle of the twelve, the, the three, Peter, James, and John. That, that, enabled him to be with Jesus in some of the most personal and intimate circumstances in his ministry. However, I'm not sure any of those situations and experiences moved Peter quite like the one that we read about this morning from John 13, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Uh, this encounter did take place on during the last week of Jesus' life, really on the last night of Jesus' life, the night he was betrayed, the night before he was crucified on the cross. 
It was then that this very personal encounter took place between Jesus and Peter. Peter and the upper other disciples, as you know, have gathered in the upper room to observe the Passover with Jesus. The room had been prepared for them. But little did they know what all would take place and how significant the events of that night would be. I want to see you to see several things, four things in particular, really just going back and forth. We're really going to look just at the back and forth between Jesus and Peter this morning in this text. I want you to see first the clear picture we have here of Jesus' humility. The scene is like this. Again, the disciples in the upper room, they've come from Bethany, which is about two miles away. Uh, They were in Jerusalem. Uh, most of the people walked most of the time then. And they wore, uh, for the most part, open sandals on their feet. Now, as you can imagine, walking for a couple of miles on a hot day uh, on dusty roads with open shoes would uh, mean that your feet got quite dirty. And that's why it was customary in those days. For when people entered a home or a public place for them to, to wash their feet. You know, today sometimes people will remove their shoes when they go in the house. Some families have that as a custom. That's just what they do. They uh, take off their shoes and leave them by the door. Well, in, in, in Jesus' day, what you did was you, you washed your feet. And uh, normally it was the responsibility of the host to provide whatever was needed. Usually there was a a bowl of, of water, a pitcher of water and a bowl, an owl. Sometimes the, the host would provide someone, it was a servant who would was obligated to provide that menial and sometimes unpleasant servant. But it was customary when you entered a, a home or a public place that you washed that dust uh, caked on your feet that you wash it off be more uh, presentable. Well, when the twelve and Jesus arrived in the upper room, everything was ready for that to happen. There was a pitcher of water, the bowl, there was a towel. But no one was there to wash their feet. And not one of the twelve took it upon himself did it either for themselves or for the other. Apparently they were too proud to uh, take on that job. Of, so, they, so there they sat with their dirty and probably quite repulsive feet. Now remember, they didn't sit at a table like we did with their feet underneath the table and hidden. They reclined around a low-lying table, much lower than this, much a low table that the meal was provided set out on this low-lying table. They would recline on pillow on the floor until their feet, their dirty feet, were exposed to the other feet. And it was in that situation that Jesus gave such a wonderful lesson, an example of humility and service. Because it was Jesus, the Bible tells us in verse 4, who got up from the supper, laid aside his robe, took the towel, wrapped it around his waist, took the pitcher, 
poured the water into the boat. And then got on his hands and knees. And went from one side to the other. Washed their dirty feet. Here was a vivid example of what we read together in our unison reading of Scripture. Where Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. I don't know what was going through the mind of the disciples as they saw the Lord doing this. I would have thought that they would have been all over themselves scrambling to get to the, the bowl before Jesus. I would have thought they would have been resistant completely to what Jesus was about to do. But it seems they didn't move. They just let Jesus do it. And second, I want you to see Peter's response. For whatever reason, Peter didn't protest until, until Jesus got to him. I'm not sure how far around the circle Jesus had gotten when he got to Peter. But it must have been one thing for Peter to see Jesus wash someone else's feet and then for Peter to have Jesus wash his feet. Now, Peter was the one you would expect to say something. Peter was usually the one who spoke up, and Peter's the one who speaks up here. As Jesus approached Peter to wash his feet. He asked him in verse 6, Lord, do you wash my feet? It, it seems, doesn't it, that Peter understood the incongruity of what was taking place. That here was the Lord of glory washing his dirty feet. Peter had enough to know that there was something wrong about that picture. And so we asked Jesus, Lord, do you wash my feet? And, and that's where you have to put the emphasis. The contrast is between the word you and the word my. Peter knew who Jesus was better than anyone. Remember what he had said about Jesus. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He has said, we have come to know and believe that you are the, the Holy One of God. You have the words of eternal life. Peter knew who this was, who had the, the towel and the, the bowl on his knees about to wash his dirty feet. And, and that's what Peter means when he says to you, the Holy One of God, the Son of the living God, the one who has eternal life, the words of eternal life, do you wash my feet? You know, Peter also knew himself, didn't he? Peter knew he was a sinner. And Peter knew in his heart that if anyone ought to be washing someone's feet, it ought to be referred. And that's what's behind this place. It took Jesus getting there for Peter to get there. But he asked the question, kind of been astonished before, do you watch my feet? And the only answer that Jesus gave to Peter was that even if he tried to explain it, Peter wouldn't understand it. Look at verse 7. Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand Hereafter, Jesus told Peter he didn't get it. 
and he couldn't get it. That he couldn't understand, he couldn't wrap his mind around the significance of what Jesus was doing. Because you see, this act of foot washing pointed beyond itself. Pointed to something far more significant than just being appropriate and having clean feet for the meal they were about to share together. Peter was uncomfortable. To say the least, Peter was uncomfortable with what Jesus was doing. Instead of being told that he didn't understand it, wasn't sufficient for Peter, and so he went on to say in verse 8, never shall you wash my feet. Now I think this is one of those places where you got to try to put yourself back into Peter's situation. And you kind of grasp the, the uncomfortableness of what is taking place here. Now, I think it'd be uncomfortable for me to have anybody wash my feet. My sister belongs to a church where they practice foot washing. I've never attended one of those services. That might be uncomfortable. It'd be uncomfortable for me to have one of you wash. And here's Jesus on his knees in front of Jesus. You have to wash his feet. And it felt strange. And, and I'm sure Peter had his feet washed before. I'm sure he'd been in a place where there was service. This was something different. This was Jesus. And so Peter said, Never shall you wash my feet. Now, as we've seen before, Peter had a bold and brash personality. And that personality was in his relationship with Jesus. We've seen that. You know, Jesus, or Peter didn't hesitate to tell Je Peter, let me get this straight. Peter didn't hesitate to tell Jesus what was on his mind. Didn't hesitate to give Jesus his opinion. And as we've seen, he didn't hesitate to rebuke me. He told me he was wrong. And here he doesn't hesitate again. Lord, never, never shall you watch my feet. Well, I want you to see in the third place Jesus responds to what Peter said. And we see it in the latter part of verse 8. When Jesus says this, If I do not wash you, then you have no part with me. Now, it seems clear to me that Jesus is saying this act of foot washing has far more significance to it than just the washing of Peter's feet. And I think that the picture here we have of Jesus on his knees washing the disciples' feet points to two important biblical truths. And one is it shows Jesus' complete, total humiliation as he accomplished the work of redemption. This act of foot washing, this act of washing the disciples' feet, as humiliating as it might have been, was nothing compared with what Jesus was about to experience over the next 16 
you understand that Jesus' whole life was a life of humiliation. But the Lord of glory laid aside his right. He came to earth to, to live as a, as a man. He left the angels, folks, to live with people like us, to deal with people like Peter. Paul tells that even though he existed in the form of God, he didn't regard equality with God as thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. He what? He humbled himself. He humbled him, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And, and what I want you to see is Jesus humbling himself to wash the feet of the disciples is really just a microcosm of the total humiliation the Savior experienced for your salvation and for your redemption. And he came to his head during the next several hours after he washed the disciples' feet. When he was jeered at and ridiculed and mocked and called name. When he was slapped and hit, spit upon. And had a crown of thorns and derision pressed down upon his head so that the blood dripped down his face. He was forced to carry his own cross to Golgotha. Nailed. Stripped of his clothes to a cross like a common criminal between two common criminals. I want you to see this morning Jesus humility his humiliation in accomplishing your redemption. But also this washing of the feet points I think to the necessity of being washed by the blood of Jesus were cleansed from sin. When Jesus told Peter in verse 8, if I do not watch you, you have no part with me. He wasn't talking about the necessity of having his feet walked. No, he was talking about something far more significant. About washing with his own blood for the forgiveness of sin. Because you see, unless we are washed with the blood of Jesus, we have no part with Him. Being washed in the blood is the entrance to the kingdom of heaven. It's the, the key that unlocks the door and enables you to enter. That's why we are going to close our service in just a little bit with that great old hymn, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. Is it precious? Is it precious? It better be precious. Because unless you are washed in the blood of Jesus, you have no part with. That's what Jesus means in these words to Peter. And then finally in the fourth place, I want you to see Peter's response then again to Jesus. 
Because here we have another picture, I think, of, of Peter's volatile personality. Remember how a Peter we've seen can go from one extreme to the other so quickly. And here Peter's been protesting. Jesus, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. Never shall you wash my feet. When he hears Jesus say, if I don't wash, your, wash you, you have no part with me. He said, look, have at it. Don't stop with my feet. Wash my hands. Wash my head. Wash me all over. That's Peter, isn't it? Yes, Peter. Peter. You know, one minute, Peter's got his eyes fixed on Jesus, walking on the water. Next minute, he's got his eyes off Jesus, looking down, thinking. One minute, uh, Peter is making a profound declaration of faith about Jesus. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. The next minute, Jesus is taking him aside to say, get behind me. One minute, as we'll see next week, Peter says, it doesn't matter. Everybody else may leave you. Everybody else may forsake you. I will never do that. Just a few hours later. Man, Peter said, see? Jesus? I never heard him. That's a great swing. Here he'd been protesting. Lord, you'll never wash my feet. Watch me all over. But you see, Peter missed the point again. Because Jesus is pointing to a spiritual truth. Peter was still focused on the physical reality. And, and so I want you to see verse 10, where Jesus said this, You as they need only to wash his feet, but he's completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. You see, Peter had been redeemed. Peter's a Christian. Peter's a good Peter, even though Jesus' blood hadn't been shed yet, he, he's been washed in the blood of Jesus. You are clean, he said. And, and so Jesus' point to Peter is, you don't need to be washed all over. You've been washed all over. What you need, though, you know, you know your feet white. That's the point Jesus is making. It means every time that you sin, every time you fall short of God's glory, you don't need to, to, to be redeemed again. You need your feet What does that mean? It means you have, need to have your sins forgiven. Look, we all walk in the dust every day, don't we? We all walk in the, the filth and the mire of life. And our feet get dirty with the sin that we commit. And that's why we need daily to confess our sins to Christ and receive the forgiveness He provides for us. What does, what does John say? He says, look, you say you have no sin. You deceive yourself. You say you've not sinned. You call God a liar. You confess your sin He's faithful and just to forgive you, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he says, I write these things so that you may not sin. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
don't need to be washed all over every time you say something wasn't true look at something in the way you should have looked said something you shouldn't have said acting the way you should have acted you need to be he is forgiving right of Jesus and so my encouragement to you this morning to come to Jesus regularly let him wash you please. he says if I don't wash you you have no part there may be some of you here this morning who as we've gone through this message may realize I'm not sure I've been wrong. I'm not sure that I have a part with you. I'm not sure I've really had that experience of Jesus totally forgiving all my sins and, and me trusting in Jesus alone for my salvation. I'm not sure I've ever witnessed or experienced the, the, the irresistible call of the Holy Spirit to come to Jesus. And if you're there this morning, I encourage you to do that. Jesus, not just your feet, but your hands and your head. To wash you, to cleanse you from your If you have been redeemed, if you've come to Jesus, if you've experienced that wonderful grace of His forgiveness in your life, you still did. We all still did. You daily need His forgiving grace. And so let Him, let Him wash your dirty feet. Father, thank You so much for Your work. And we pray that today we would find this example of Jesus not just to be an example of service, but a testimony of the power of the blood and the necessity of the blood. And I pray that you would help us to walk completely and daily that we might be forgiven and have real joy in all we ask to do.